Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the privilege of hosting Tom Doyle. He's the president and co-founder of Boston-based Human Care Systems. He helps biopharma companies deliver better patient experiences and outcomes. Tom's a key part of the team that invented Resilix, and and it's basically a treatment experience platform built specifically to to help pharma improve the productivity of patient services. It's a it's a big bottleneck that Tom and his team have identified an opportunity to 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 reduce friction in and uh, and the work they're doing is is fantastic. So we're going to be diving into into that work and some of his thoughts in healthcare in general. He holds a degree in economics and chemical engineering from MIT and continues to to do his work there in in Boston. So such a such a pleasure to have you here with us, Tom. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Saul. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, tell me, Tom, what inspires your your work in healthcare? It's a great question, Saul. I think like most people in healthcare who really make a difference, patients are are at the core of what inspires me. In particular, there's this problem that we identified many years ago that many medicines, working in drug development, many medicines are, uh, there's a lot of money that goes into discovering new medicines, developing medicines, commercializing and promoting them through advertising and sales forces. And then half of doses are not taken. And that's a huge missed opportunity, a wasted value of of the science, but also unachieved improvements in health. And, And Solving that problem or working towards that problem has been an inspiration for, for many years for me. It's not a simple problem, but solving it is, um, I think, more, very valuable, not just for the individual patients involved, but for the, when we think of it on a societal level, there's just so much lost work, lost quality of life, lost happiness that could be addressed through just helping patients to, uh, to be able to take and get through the treatments that are available today. Yeah, I think that's such a great point, Tom. And we're we're all looking for a better way to to increase increase uh, efficacy and efficacy and 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 help patients uh, really do better and 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 the money that we spend, right? Getting more out of the dollars that we spend on healthcare. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's it's just one key area, and there's many others of, of waste in the system that that I think there's just so much potential to get more dollars out by just doing things better. Agreed. So tell me, what are you and your business doing to add value to the healthcare ecosystem, Tom? Let's let's dig deeper and better understand the service and technology that, that you guys offer. Great, great. So we, our business, uh, Human Care Systems, we work with pharmaceutical companies or our clients, and we we do two primary things for them. First of all, we design and run patient support programs. These are programs that often include a nurse as well as digital support for patients through email, through text. And they're really designed to help patients to overcome the challenges that they face in getting started on a new treatment or taking it according to their doctor's directions. 
and so that's the first key service that we that we offer and uh, that we've been offering since we started the business 11 years ago. We also, along the way, have been always developing those programs with the technology backbone behind them. In the past couple of years, we have our technologies advanced to the stage where we uh, have begun licensing that that enterprise software to pharma companies to run uh, other patient services programs like ours or programs that are in adjacent spaces like helping with reimbursement and access issues for patients. And so that software business is kind of the newer part of our business and, uh, and, and quickly growing. That's uh, very interesting and uh, appreciate you diving into that. There's so many opportunities to add value in healthcare. Uh, you guys have, have honed in to the patient engagement and pharma space. There's a lot of other companies playing in that space. I know maybe not for as long as you guys have, but I'd love to learn, Tom, what makes you guys different and better than what's available today? Yeah, it's a great question. So there's, so the answer is somewhat you know, different for those two different service offerings, but for the patient support program offering, most of the people offering that uh, historically have, um, have provided patient support through either sort of a standard cadence email or text message program, you know, to say to send reminders or to send education, educational emails once a month to patients, or they're particularly at the the higher end, they are nurse call center driven programs where you have a big call center of nurses and they'll call patients on a standard, you know, every month or every couple of weeks, and they'll ask patients how they're doing. Our approach is really much more systematic than that traditional approach. And, and um, it's designed to really deliver a personal experience for each patient. So for each patient, we identify not just the challenges, you know, that anybody's suffering with migraines and taking this new migraine treatment might have, but we ask the patients what challenges they're individually facing. And then we personalize the support to those challenges. We're also uh, proactive about that. So we're not just reading from the standard challenges, but we're, we're looking at what data we have about that patient and we're identifying likely next challenges that they might face so that we can proactively support them before something even becomes a, a an issue. And and then lastly, we're omni-channel. We're not just digital or not just a nurse call center. We're, we're delivering communications through each of those channels in a way that Interact. So if somebody responds to a text message that they have a need for more support, we can then have a phone call come out to them. Or if they click on a link in an email five times to watch an injection video, we might identify that there's a possible need there. They need some more coaching on how to self-inject and we can arrange a call or a, a home injection training visit for that patient. So we're really trying to be personal, proactive, and omni-channel to, to differentiate our service offering. I think it's great, Tom, and and appreciate you you highlighting the differences. As I think about it, I'm wondering, I guess who's who's mostly interested in in getting this done. I mean, the obvious benefits are the patient gets a personalized treatment plan, which is which is outstanding. In healthcare, it's a lot about reimbursement and making sure things are covered. Kind of the big struggle for why we're not going into into value-based care as quickly as we'd like. Who, yep. I guess who wins other than the patient out of this and why are drug companies interested in doing something like this? Great. Well, so 
In terms of who wins, I think one of the beauties of the business is exactly uh, the, the answer to that question is that, first of all, patients win because I think, yep. well, certainly cost and reimbursement are important issues for patients. Side effects are important challenges. Building a routine can be a, a challenge for patients who live busy lives and are trying to do other things than just take their medicine knowing whether the drug is working or how to look at efficacy is an important challenge. So there's a wide range of challenges that we support patients with and that, that helps them with their treatment. But that, that ultimately helps them get at better outcomes, which you know, helps the doctor meet their goals of helping their patients. And um, it meets the pharmaceutical company goals for helping patients to adhere to treatment, take treatment longer. You know, there's a clear ROI for pharmaceutical companies, obviously. There's value to payers. You know, the payers don't get value when patients take a medicine. They get value when a patient gets better health. And so there's value all across the, the different parts of the, the health ecosystem. And I think that that's one of the things that's excited us from the start about this opportunity. That's pretty cool. So, so sort of value in all ways. And, 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 and it's, uh, it's a win-win-win. <laughs> exactly. I think it's great. You know, the reason why I'm, I'm digging there, Tom, is because we're, we really are making a shift. I, I look at what you guys do as, as part of that shift into a more consumer-centric healthcare and, yes. and providing a service like, like you guys do really like, wow. You, so you want to help me be healthier and you're giving me service to take this medicine. I mean, the reaction yeah. is why, right? Because that's not really how healthcare has worked. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it seems so crazy that it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, to take a non-medicine example, I had a, I tore my ACL a couple of years ago and, and had this Ooh. knee surgery. And yeah. I mean, largely the, the doctor did a great surgery, but then the doctor was largely of the view of, well, it's your job now to get better on your own. You know, you have to do exercises, take care of yourself, take these activities. And, um, and that, you know, and I was really then on my left on my own. And, um, I think that, uh, it was frustrating. It's like, I could use a little bit of support here. Can you, t- can you tell me like more of what I should do or yeah. how to do it or how to work it into my life? And so, you know, we think there's that opportunity across healthcare to, to help people, you know, not just take the, you get this 30 second visit with your doctor and they give you some high level instruction and it's not quite enough to take action on it most of the time. Yeah, no, that's a, and that's a great example too. Love that. And, and yeah, so it's super exciting work that you guys are up to. Give us a story, Tom. I mean, I'd love to hear an example of how you guys have improved outcomes or made business better. Yeah, certainly. One that, um, let's see. So one example is uh, a drug that we've worked on for about seven years now. And it's a rare disease drug works for five different kidney disease indications that are all, you know, in the thousands of patients in the U.S. pot size population, single digit thousands populations. It's a self-injectable. It's got a, a very high side effect burden. It, uh, you know, patients, because it's rare, there's all these feelings of uh, isolation and nobody understands me. There's also all the it's an expensive drug, so there's all sorts of prior authorizations and reauthorizations and various hurdles that payers put in front of patients taking the drug. And so when a, a prescriber prescribes the drug, they request the manufacturer to provide support with those challenges, and including enrolling them in our, our program. 
that information on the patient enters our Resilix CRM uh, platform. And then we have a nurse reach out to patients. They go through an assessment with patients to identify their, their needs. They address the most pressing needs in the first call. Uh, and then they sch- schedule follow-up calls if the patient has more needs, as well as they send follow-up emails, print mailings, and text messages to help with the different challenges that patient, individual patients are facing. And um, we have improved the initiation rate for the drug. So patients who don't get our support, fewer than 70% of patients who get a prescription are able to start on the drug, whereas we've been able to increase that to 85% of patients who are able to take the drug. It's also, it's a six-month course of therapy. And the patients who don't receive our support, they're about half of them quit treatment by, by month six and don't make it through the full course of therapy, whereas we only have 14% of patients who quit by month six. And Big difference. You know, even more than the numbers, we have identified a whole group of patients who are just fanatic uh, supporters of the drug and feel that it's really helped them get their life back on track, get their condition into remission, and speak very positively about their total experience. So you know, it's been a win from all those perspectives. That's really interesting, Tom. I mean, the engagement level, helping people through, giving them that that help that you were looking for when you got your your knee surgery. You know, that's that makes the difference. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Um, I think of like I just got an iPhone, a new one, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, I mean, yeah, it's pretty easy, but I'll tell you, I, something happened where I had to troubleshoot it. And I called them. They helped me out. It was pretty good. You know? And <laughs> yeah. You, as you consumers, we, we, uh, yeah, exactly. As consumers, we, um, we've come to expect that, uh, when Apple's sending proactive emails, when you get your new device that say, yeah. you know, here's some training classes and here's some things you can try with your device. And we've come to expect that. And then medicine is just this, uh, historically is just this, well, you got a prescription, <laughs> go to it. Yeah. So, and the change is happening. I'm seeing it, you know, and, and, you know, we're talking here today, Tom, and the work that, that you guys do at human care systems is pretty neat and how the technology that you started is now becoming something that people want to license and use is a, is a testament to that shift as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I w- yeah, I was going to talk a little bit more about the technology. I think it, yeah, you know, let's it's, hear one, about it. it's one of the things that, um, that I'm most excited about, uh, our Resilix platform. It's, um, you know, it's really in many ways for us, it's like a new business that's sprouting out of our original service offering. But what's really driving it is that so much of the growth in the pharmaceutical business has been in specialty drugs and rare disease drugs. They're smaller populations, but they're cancer drugs, for example. They're smaller populations, but there's a high burden of disease. There's a, the treatments are complicated. You know, their injections are twice a day, or they have big side effect profiles. And so pharmaceutical companies are growing their spending on all the services to help patients. And historically, they have just, they've done a bit of that through insourcing, a lot of it through outsourcing. They tend to have a lot of different vendors. You know, they'll have a reimbursement support vendor and a nursing vendor and a, a field services vendor who are providing field teams out. And, you know, and then they've got um, maybe an ad agency's created a, an email program. And all of those 
vendors and tools are helping patients in some way or another, but the data winds up in silos. Data integrations between vendors are complicated and hard. You know, and the, the the pharma companies, of course, are like like all businesses, are facing lots of cost pressures. There's lots of payer pushback as the consolidation of PBMs and payers has been been um, have put a lot of downward pressure on on pharma prices. You know, there's shorter competitive timelines for entry and whatnot. And so, our platform sort of speaks to that need, and and um, it uh, it's good because the area is largely served by you know, to the extent that pharma companies are thinking about having their own CRM platform that drives all of these different and touches and coordinates it, which has been the solution in other industries, you know, they use a sort of a generic non-industry specific CRM system. And it's, there's a lot of challenges with that approach. And so our software is, um, because it's built for purpose, it's faster to set up and configure. It's designed to make it easy to really personalize to individual patient needs. And, and it's built for compliance, you know, so much of um, such a regulated industry, the things you do matter, you know, you can't tell a patient to take a, can't send a text reminder to a patient to take a drug when they're not supposed to take it, that can mm-hmm. cause real problems. So you have to put in place lots of operational controls to ensure that, you know, that everything that you send is the right information at the right time. And so we've put all those things into our, our platform and that's, that's getting us traction where we, um, in the last six months, we've sold the, the licenses to the platform to three of the largest and most advanced uh, pharmaceutical companies to begin implementing across their business. And so we're very excited about the potential that has for us. Yeah, that is very exciting. And I would say a very, a very hyper-niched, but I mean, in a big market, obviously, way to help the wave of consumerism. Yes. Yeah. Healthcare. I, mean, I think yeah. it's 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 just really cool to hear about this and to know that you guys are are doing this. Yeah, we uh, we're excited. We you know our clients are excited. It's kind of a fun time. It's a it's a reinvigorated our uh, our growth and excitement across our business. I love it. Yeah, you got to be open to these types of things, listeners. As you you think about the business that you have and the changing times, you know the work that Tom and his team over at Human Care Systems were doing has evolved. And it's, it's now a new time in healthcare. And while it's changing slowly, before you know it, the change will have happened. So, you know, think about what you could do to be more creative and innovative in the services and technology that you can offer. I think uh, uh, Tom's example is a, is a really inspiring one. So what are you most proud of in, in your career, Tom? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I, I have spent 20 of my 25 post-college years working as an entrepreneur. And I think more than anything, that's, that's probably a key part of it, that um, it's great that I've been in companies that I've helped uh, found and build. I've been mm-hmm. building. I love building new things. Our current business is now 11 years old, and we're tremendously proud of it. One of the, um, you know, one to, to just kind of make it a little more granular, you know, one of the recent accomplishments that I'm very proud of is, you know, I've always believed that you don't really have a real business until, well, until you're getting paid, you know, just marketing and selling an idea that it's not a real business. And that um, in this patient services business, you know, we view it as 
it's, you know, not, you haven't really launched a patient program until you've got the first patient in and you're, and you're helping them. Mm-hmm. And we had about five months ago, we were in discussions with a major pharmaceutical company and they were two months before launch of a new drug, new ophthalmology drug, a variety of potential challenges. And they had a longstanding vendor that was, that they've been working with for months to try to prepare for launch. And they just were losing confidence in, in how that was going to go, particularly from the adherence program perspective. And so they decided they, to put their faith in us and switch at nearly the last minute to uh, work with us for an adherence program at launch. And these are the kinds of things that historically companies spend 12 to 18 months setting up and getting prepared for gearing up for launch. And we were able to set up and launch and get our first patient in, in just over two months. And the first patient, just a couple of business days after the the drug got FDA approval, it was just such a, I think that um, I'm so proud of it because it's such a tangible demonstration of what we've built and that, um, and that it wasn't me setting it up and working crazy hours overnight. Mm -hmm. It was our team and, and all of the, the great people that we have and the technology that we've built that we're able to, to make that happen. It's great to be able to be an observer and watch the team go and, and build it up. And it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Congratulations on that win and, and the ability to execute on the win. Thank you. Thanks. So talk to me about a setback that you've had, something challenging that you guys dealt with and, and the key learning that came out of it. So this is kind of one that I, um, that I alluded to before. I mean, obviously entrepreneurs, we, we face setbacks all the time. Mm. That, that's, that's par for the course. I think maybe every day there's some, something that doesn't go quite the way you hope it would. But one of the kind of the bigger, more strategic setbacks we had was that when we started the business, we really, our initial strategy was to build these technology-enabled programs to, to help patients. And we selected a big-name cloud-based CRM vendor to, uh, to build on top of. And we wanted to build a proprietary software, but starting with a big building block, and there was a good precedent of um, Viva is a company in the pharma services space that's built a, you know, built a software product on top of uh, someone else's CRM system. Mm-hmm. So we thought that um, we thought, you know, there's a precedent that seems possible. It could work. It could work. But as we've worked on it, we were able to do everything that we wanted, but it always took longer to set things up than we wanted to or to make changes. We had lots of, there were plugins for the texts and the emails. You'd work with these different sort of subcontracted vendors and they were poor quality and had bugs and problems and and were slow to resolve the challenges in their software. We spent lots of time on custom coding for each client. And, um, you know, and our teams were just frustrated with the technology and you know, everything was kind of a one-off and it seemed like there was little scalability to it. And so that was kind of a slow burn setback that we, that we lived with for a long time for seven years before we decided that we enough is enough. And we, we, um, we really can, can do better and, and need to kind of start over and build from scratch. And, uh, and that's what led to our Resilix platform was, was that, uh, that shifting experience. But, um, that's one of my setbacks. <laughs> you know, it's um, one of those things that you just, you have to go through, right? To, to appreciate. And now that you have, you and your team have 
gone through this. You tried building on top of a CRM. You probably understand better than most the clunkiness and and the value that you guys are providing now. Oh yeah, I mean it certainly it certainly helps in the sales pitch to say we've been down the path that you that you're going down now, and we know there's a better way for sure. I think uh, you know, I also awesome. <laughs> philosophically, I just think that. Um, challenges and opportunities are just two sides of the same coin. And that um, when you face the biggest challenges that you can't get down, you got to see how there's some, some opportunity hidden there in the troubles. I love that. That's a good way to, to frame it, Tom. I'm going to actually just wrote that one down. I like that a lot. Thank you. Folks. I think you like that one too, right? Two sides (laughs) of the same coin challenge and opportunity. Um, (laughs) This is great, Tom. Tell me about what you're most excited about today. And maybe we already touched on it. And I think it's, it's the Resilix platform. It, yeah, I think that's definitely the thing I'm most excited about. And, you know, and figuring out how to now build an enterprise software business that can, um, that can scale and grow and um, all that that entails. Yeah. You know, and as it, I guess as we think about the customer base, I mean, you're really kind of, I mean, the number of, of pharmaceutical companies that you could get is limited, but I guess it would be about once you get them all in horizontal integration to the different lines of drugs that they offer, right? Yes, exactly. It's, I don't know the exact size, but, you know, pharma spends in the billions of dollars on services to, to help patients and even though it seems like it, you know, it's not an area that's that many point. people are aware of. There's, there's still a lot of money uh, being thrown at this area to go after a, a slice of. No, that's a that's a really great point, Tom, and I'm I'm glad you brought it up. You know, it's uh, there, it's not pennies we're talking about. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's a it's a it's a big business, uh, for sure, for sure. It's a good call out. If you could have lunch with anyone, Tom, who would it be? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big luncher, but um I, or I, breakfast <laughs> or dinner. I mean, or a beer. Person, yeah, any of those. Uh <laughs> one person I would love to meet is Elon Musk. I probably entre- many entrepreneurs think that, yeah. but um I I just love his energy and drive to like start so many things and and always with this massive vision for making the world a better place. I think it's inspiring and I'd love to know more about what he's, you know, what he's learned as a serial entrepreneur, what he wouldn't do again. I think it would be, uh, there'd be a lot to learn from that conversation. A lot of good lessons. Yeah. Would you say is your favorite book that you'd recommend to the listeners? <laughs> uh, that's a, somewhat of a hard question. I mean, you know, I, no, um, hard. there's plenty of business books that have had some impact for me and I'm always looking, reading business books and trying to take lessons here and there. I, you know, when I thought about it, though, I'd say my favorite book is actually The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh. And um, <laughs> I think What's that what about? I love, you haven't read it. Well, so it's um, oh, no. it's this great fictional story about um, Arthur Dent, who manages to somehow get off Earth just as it's about to be destroyed by aliens who are looking to um, build a superhighway through through where we're located. <laughs> and um, he manages to hike hitchhike onto it some alien vessel but to me it's just such a too funny it's a good story it's hilarious about um making do with what you've got and and being quick on your feet and being humble about um humanity's role in the in the universe that um i think being humble is a a critical value love that 
What's the number one health habit, your number one health habit? That's a question that I could probably spend hours talking about. We could do a whole whole nother podcast on health habits. I love health habits. I'm always thinking about them, but uh, I mean, it's partly our business is in helping with behavior change and habits. And, um, but I'm always looking to apply habits to myself. To me, the most important health habit that I have is, uh, and have been able to develop is mindfulness and really and not just, you know, I used to do meditation, but it's not just in meditation. It's kind of in, in all times of the day, being able to step back mentally from all the busyness that's going on in your mind and to listen, observe what's going on in the world around, what's going on internally, what I'm feeling, what's what might be bothering me. And then to really sit with that and observe it so that I can take a, the right action about it. And I think that it's something that really has been given birth to every other health habit that I, that I have. It's something that is, um, you know, it's good for physical health. It's good for mental health. It's good for the business, uh, you know, come up with lots of business ideas and, and reflecting and thinking mindfully. Um, it's good for relationships uh, and, and working through uh, anything there. It's, uh, I, I'd say it's the, the master habit is, is mindfulness. Love it. Love that master habit. And and what's the best advice you've ever received? Yeah, I, I love advice that comes in the form of quick quotes that I can latch on to and, and mm-hmm. memorize. And one of my favorites is early on, an, uh, an entrepreneur had, had told my business partner and I that you got to worry about quantity over quality. And what he meant by that is, you know, we're I've always been very concerned about delivering a quality product to my clients and customers. But um, if you get too obsessive about quality, you 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 get locked into pursuit of perfection. You don't mm-hmm. you don't get things out there, and ultimately, often sort of counterintuitively, don't deliver the best quality service. But um, you know what really matters is is taking action. And it comes down to every little task you do as an entrepreneur. You know, I need to send an email to try to uh, drum up some business. Well, you know, if you try to perfect that email, you're not going to do nearly as well as if you just send the email and then send another one and send another one and send another one and learn and keep learning through the real world experience of doing something that that's what the quality focus gets you thinking about is, or the quantity focus gets you thinking about is just. I've got to take action. I've got to take more action. And that eventually leads to, I think, both a, a greater quality and a greater rate of success. Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice, Tom. And, you know, as you, you kind of uh, going back to that two sides of the coin idea, challenge and opportunity, and then thinking about your mindfulness habit, having that mindfulness to give you that base for the actions that, that are very intentional and then just going at it, just going at yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's a killer combo, man. Don't overthink it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a killer combo. I love it. So uh, this has been great, Tom. Obviously, you guys are, you know, at the forefront of medication adherence and healthcare consumerism, both, you know, in an omni-channel way and and now with with the work that you guys are doing in your software solution, uh, your software CRM for drug companies. Give us a closing thought and the best place where the listeners could go visit you if they want to learn more or uh, reach out to you. Yeah, great. Well, so um, 
and thanks again, Saul, for having me here. I really appreciate the the opportunity to chat with you and your and your listeners. I guess as a closing thought, I would just offer that I think that there's tremendous opportunity within healthcare to deliver better outcomes at at a lower cost if we can just you know really get outside of our own solution idea and meet patients, people who happen to be patients at this time in their life, understand what they're going through and then help them with the predictable set of challenges that they might have, that there's so, so much opportunity for us to deliver better, better value and outcomes in, in healthcare through doing that. In terms of reaching me, I can be reached on LinkedIn, T-H-O-M uh, Doyle on LinkedIn. And I am also, our website is humancaresystems.com. And either of those places are a good place to find me. Outstanding. Tom, thanks so much. Uh, it was great to learn more about the awesome work you guys do, more about you as a leader and, uh, and uh, very inspiring work and, and results that you guys are, are up to. So I want to give you a big thanks as well for, for spending some time with us. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 